Welcome to Park Valley Church's Sermon of the Week. It doesn't matter if you have been a Christ follower for years or new to the Christian faith, you have come to the right place. Listen in as one of our campus pastors shares how to apply biblical truth in a tangible way. As you listen, we pray you have an encounter with Jesus that leads to real and lasting life change. Hey, good morning, everyone. Good to see everybody here this morning. I know you could choose to be a whole lot of different places on Sunday, so I'm glad you chose to be here. It's good to see everyone. You know, and I think I may have shared this with you guys before, but I am really good at remembering movie quotes and quotes from TV and popular culture. And I'll be honest with you, there are literally times when I forget how old I am. But when it comes to Liam Neeson's speech from Taken, I don't know who you are and I don't know what you want. Like, I can do that, but I have to go do the math to make sure how old I am. Um, you know, if you, if you happen to wander in here on a Sunday morning while we're getting ready, I might be in here testing my microphone. You're very likely to hear a movie quote as I test that microphone. A Princess Bride, A Few Good Men, um, Big Trouble in Little China. This morning it was Gladiator. You know, you're going to catch those things. And I only bring that up, my unique talent and ability, right? Uh, I only bring that up because some of you may have realized that the title for today's message is a quote from pop culture. Now, the Star Wars fans know what I'm talking about. This is the way. All right, if you've seen the show The Mandalorian, that is one of the things that they say over and over in that show. This is the way. And when Pastor Barry told me that the series title for this message was going to be The Way, my brain automatically went straight to that quote. This is the way. And you know, in the show, that phrase is kind of a, it's kind of a mantra. You know, it's, it sums up the, the creed and the code that the bounty hunter lives by. It basically defines the beliefs of the group that he's a part of. So when we think about what we're doing or the goal of this series, I think it works. Because the goal of this series is really to start the new year off by by reinforcing the teachings and beliefs that, that we believe are essential to this ministry. You know, we want to clearly communicate the DNA of this church. You know, basically, this is the way that we do things here at PVC. You know, maybe you've seen the signs out in the, in the lobby. We've got them on the back of the cases. They're hanging from the, from the ceiling. And it says, weekly worship, connect groups, and growth track. You know, those things are the, those are the three pillars that we believe are essential to God building this ministry for his glory. Those things are our DNA. And with the new year, we kind of wanted to simplify those things and really just to focus on the, on the action part of those, those three things. So it's, it's kind of a rebranding of sorts. Our DNA is now just to worship, connect, and grow. That's our creed, and that's our code. This is the way. Now, of course, it is just one way of doing things. You know, it's a way that's worked for us as a church for over 20, almost 20 years. This, this November will be 20 years for Park Valley Church. It'll be four years for Park Valley Church Warrington, but we recognize that it's not the only way. Other churches have different ways of 
of doing things that work for them. But this is what works for us. And in the coming weeks, we're gonna, we're gonna focus some on our DNA. Today, though, I wanna focus not on our way, but instead on the way. The most essential part of any church who proclaims to preach the gospel, Jesus Christ. You know, the Mandalorian Creed is this is the way, but the Christian Creed should be Jesus is the only way. Did you know that before Christians were even called Christians, they were called followers of the way? Paul says it in uh, Acts 24, verse 14. He says this, but I tell you this, I worship the God of our fathers as a follower of the way, which the Jew, these Jews say is not the right way. And I believe everything that is taught in the law of Moses and all that is written in the books of the prophets. Paul refers to himself as a follower of the way. And even then, the people didn't think it was the right way. But the name is based on something that Jesus said to the disciples after the Last Supper. It's in John chapter 14. You know, Jesus was trying to, he was trying to prepare the disciples for his upcoming death and resurrection because he told them that he was leaving them, but that he would come back. He said that in his father's house, there are many rooms and he was going to prepare a place for them. He was talking about heaven. And Jesus told them, he said, don't worry because you know the way to where I'm going. But it was Thomas who spoke up and said, no, we don't. We have no idea where you're going. How can we know the way? So Jesus tells him in verse 6, John chapter 14, verse 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus said, I am the way. He didn't promise to show them the way. He didn't say that he was a way to God. He said he was the way to God. The way isn't a path. The way is a person. The only entrance to heaven, the only way to God is Jesus. And this one statement, this one declaration by Jesus is probably the most controversial and most politically incorrect of all of his teachings. This claim tends to really upset folks because followers of the way, Christians, are often criticized because of this teaching because they're accused of being narrow-minded and intolerant for saying that Jesus is the only way to God. I mean, after all, there are many paths up the mountain, right? They all lead to the top. And all religions are essentially the same anyway, right? Wrong. People struggle with this statement because they want to be free to create their own way. They want to decide their own truth. People will say it's controversial because Jesus said he was the only way. And since only 31% of the earth's population claims to be Christian, people believe that that statement really amounts to what they would call it hate speech or spiritual racism. 
towards the other 69%. Now, if Jesus was just another religious teacher, then their objections might have some traction because it would be intolerant. The problem is Jesus is truly God. He is the one who God created all things through. He alone has the perspective and the authority to make that kind of declaration. People will struggle with this truth because it doesn't fit what culture says today. The world says that there are many different ways to achieve our goals, to reach our dreams, to find happiness, or to be successful. And they want that same thing to be true when it comes to God. They'll say there's no absolute truth. Pursue your own path to God. The truth is whatever feels right to you. It's whatever works for you. What's true for me might not be true for you. Society is really preaching hedonism, pragmatism, and relativism. But the truth does not work that way. For the truth to be true, it has to be true no matter what you think, what you feel, or what you want. Anyone who says there are no absolute truths is trying to establish an absolute truth, saying there is no absolute truth. The truth is true regardless of our emotions, of our feelings, of our desires, and the truth is absolute. In John 14, 6, Jesus doesn't say that he just speaks the truth. He claims to be the embodiment of truth. He doesn't say that he can give life. He tells us he is the source of life. And he doesn't say that he is just one way to God among many. He makes it clear that he is the only way. Jesus is the way because he is also the truth and the life. The truth and the life make the way clear. And this is the way. If we look at those three things, the way, the truth, and the life, we'll start, you know, Jesus is the way. He taught us how we should live. In Matthew, Jesus also warns us that the way is difficult, that the gate is narrow, and that there are few that will find it. Few find it because few are willing to accept God's way to eternal life. They aren't really willing to accept the truth that Jesus is the only way. Jesus even says that he is the gate, and he is the way that leads to life. In Proverbs 14, verse 12, the Bible says, There is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. You know what? Worldly wisdom may seem right. It may look good. It probably feels politically correct or socially acceptable. But if you aren't following Jesus, then you are going a way that, that leads not to life but to death. Trying to create your own truth is going your own way. Years ago when I was working as a government contractor, I remember having a conversation with a, co a coworker about Jesus. She asked me some questions about church, and then she said that her husband didn't believe in Jesus. 
She then went on to say that if it turns out that he's wrong and there is a heaven, that he was a good person, so he should be okay. Well, I shared John 14, 6 with her. I told her that Jesus is the only way. She walked away from the conversation. Being a good person appears to be the right way in the world's eyes. But you can't be good enough to get to heaven. In John chapter 8, verses 23 and 24, Jesus said this. He says, you are from below and I am from above. You belong to this world. I do not. That is why I said that you will die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am who I claim to be, you will die in your sins. Good people will die in their sin because they don't believe Jesus is who he claims to be. He is God in the flesh. If you reject Jesus, then you are rejecting the only way to the Father. Because Jesus is the only way. In Acts 13, 38 and 39, it says, Brothers, understand what we are telling you. You can have forgiveness of your sins through this Jesus. The law of Moses could not free you from your sins, but you can be made right with God if you believe in Jesus. Forgiveness and salvation are available to everyone. Eternal life is available to everyone. You can't obtain it by being good. You can't obtain it by following the rules. You can only be made right with God by believing in Jesus. Jesus is the only way to eternal life. He is the way. He is also the truth. Would you guys agree that if that what we believe to be true has a major influence on our lives. Absolutely, right? If we believe that absolute truth does not exist, then we will do whatever feels right, whatever makes us happy. And I think I already hammered that point, but relativism doesn't work. It leads to passivity, to apathy and confusion. If, if truth is a variable, then it cannot be true. Truth isn't based on perspective, feelings, experiences, or desires. Because if every person or culture determines their own truth, then there is no truth. We don't get to decide what the truth is. We get to decide how we respond to it. And the, the Greek word that Jesus used in that verse for truth. My Greek is not good. I'm not going to share it, but just let me let you know that this word means that which cannot be hidden. The truth cannot be hidden. It's factual, it's a reality, and it's absolute. When someone asked, what is the truth, or what is truth, the answer is Jesus. John 1.17 says, For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The truth is the gospel. The good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel did what the law couldn't. 
It provided forgiveness and eternal life. That's the truth. And this truth applies to everyone and to everything. This truth has authority over everything. This truth never changes because it comes from God, who is perfect, eternal, and unchanging. And this truth sets us free. That's what it says in John 8, 32, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The truth will set us free from slavery to sin. Jesus is the source of truth, the truth that leads to eternal life. When you think about the life, consider this, the Troy paraphrase of, of John fourteen six: The truth is that Jesus is the way to life. That's what that verse is saying. In John 10.10, Jesus said this. He said, a thief comes only to rob, kill, and destroy. I came so everyone would have life and have it fully. Jesus is the source of both physical and spiritual life. Life that is abundantly rich and completely satisfying. In him, we can experience the full blessings of this life. Because life in Christ is more abundant, more satisfying, and more meaningful than life without him. When we receive Christ and when we follow him wholeheartedly, then we find all that we need in this life is in him. But he also, when he says he is the life, he's also referring to eternal life. In 1 John 5.11, God has also said he gave us eternal life, and this life comes to us from his Son. I mean, that's God's message to man. Eternal life is a gift from God, received through Jesus Christ. It's all about Jesus, because Jesus is the only way. Now, I didn't put this next verse in your notes because I, I thought about it after they'd already printed them, but Acts, Acts 4, verses 11 and 12, um, this Peter talking, he says, you know, for Jesus is the one referred to in the Scriptures. And then he says, there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. You know, people take issue with the fact that there is no other way to heaven to eternal life, to God the Father, than through Jesus. It's exclusive, but at the same time, it's not. The way to know God as our Heavenly Father is limited to only Jesus. But there is nothing that limits you from Jesus. You know, this isn't something that the church decided. It's something that Jesus declared. It's controversial, but it's no secret. It can't be hidden, and it never has been. It's been right there in plain sight all along. False religions claim 
that they know the way, that they have the secret to eternity. They'll tell you what that, what that secret is. They'll tell you what you need to do, but you have to follow them. They say, basically, follow me and I'll show you the way. But Jesus said, I am the way, now follow me. There is no other name and there is no other way. Jesus is the only way. John 14, 6 is one of the most basic, yet one of the most profound verses in the Bible. It's also one of the most important. It's the foundation of this ministry. You know, we talk about worship and connect and grow being our DNA, but without acknowledging that Jesus is the way, then those things just don't matter. As the way, Jesus is our path to the Father. As the truth, he is the embodiment of all of God's promises. And as the life, he gives us life, both now and eternally. Jesus is the only way to the Father, the only absolute truth, and the only one who gives us eternal life. As we close, you know, when I, when I think about this verse, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. I can't forget that Jesus died on the cross to be the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through the cross. We can't get there on our own. The cross is how we get from where we are to where God is. Three nails held Jesus to that cross. To me, that those, those three nails may as well have been named the way, the truth, and the life. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Jesus is the only way, but how do you follow him today? Well, we do it the same way the disciples did. They heard the words of Jesus and they believed them. They took his words and they obeyed them. They repented and they were forgiven. They believed that Jesus died to take the punishment for their sins and that he rose from the dead to give them new life. They followed his example, they followed his command by telling others that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. If you'll follow him in the way, then you'll follow him all the way to heaven because no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. This is the way. You know, Romans 10.9 tells us that if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord, and if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. If you believe, then why don't you tell him? Right where you sit, you can whisper this prayer. 
Heavenly Father, I just want you to know that I believe. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and that three days later he rose from the dead. And I believe that he did it for me. So Lord, today I accept by faith the greatest truth of all. I accept Jesus and the life that only he can offer. I ask you to forgive me of my sins, and Lord, I pray that you'll, you'll fill me with your love and with your life. Help me to live my life transformed by you and for you. And I thank you. Thank you, God, for loving me, and thank you for sending Jesus. Now, with all heads bowed and all eyes closed, if you prayed that prayer today, would you just let me know and raise a hand? Once you put it up, you can put it down. Father God, I thank you for today. I thank you for the hands that went up, Lord, and I just pray a hedge of protection around them. I pray that you'll bring people into their life that will help walk alongside them along this way. That together they'll grow stronger in their faith. And Lord, I just pray that you'll watch over everyone here, that you'll protect them, that you'll guide each and every one of us. And most of all, Lord, that you will help us to seek your will in all that we do and ensure that we give you all the glory because you're the only one worthy of it. And it's in your son Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our Sermon of the Week. If you accepted Christ, want to accept Christ, or just want to see what Park Valley Church is about, you can email us at info at parkvalleychurch.com. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time.